Beat the Future Conversations is providing this podcast for educational purposes only. Beat the Future is a nonpartisan, not-for-profit. It neither takes any position on any political issue nor endorses any candidates, political parties, or public policy proposals. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by Beat the Future. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by Read the Future employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of Read the Future or any of its officials. Welcome to episode three of Read the Future Conversations. Uh, today we have Alison Porter. Um, she's a, she is an advocate, um, a community leader. Um, well, Alison, I can introduce you, but I think you would have a much better job of doing that yourself. Um, <laughs> well, um, yes, I'm, uh, um, I, for the last 10 years, I've been doing a lot of, of activism and, you know, focusing on politics and, and getting good people elected, which I believe in our democracy, you know, moving us, getting us all to the right place eventually. But there's been some scary things lately. And um, um, more in the last few years, I've been advocating for my parents and a good friend of mine who had a stroke, you know, so healthcare issues. Um, And this is, you know, obviously a later part of my life. and when I was younger, I worked um, my professional career. I was more in in sales and and marketing and, and somewhat in the technology space. So, um, but I find as I'm getting older, um, I really do, and I and I feel a lot of people are in the same space. Um, I just I I want to make a difference, and where I feel like I can, that's where I try to put my energy. You mentioned a few things. I mean, it seems like you have a lot of um, dynamics, you know, life-changing events here. How did you get involved in politics? You mentioned your 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 parents and and healthcare issues, but like, what really sort of um, appealed to you was it uh, democracy? Was it voting, or were you, was it the lack of your parents um, being engaged? Well, actually, um, my parents were. Um, probably classified as as activists back in the 60s when I was a child um, they were my my mother worked in a, a very poor community um, where she was a teacher but I remember her helping them become a town and um, um, you know it was a, a spanish-speaking community and my father worked in downtown Phoenix with the Phoenix OIC. And so like back in the 60s, my parents were doing activities to, um, to improve our society. So I think that was part of what um, has always kind of motivated me. I studied Buddhism and practiced Buddhism for some time. And uh, a big part of that um, was and and I guess became stronger my dedication towards towards world peace through 
education and, and sharing culture. And, you know, but because of the work that my parents did, I didn't ever see brown or black or white or, you know, like, and then, um, the, you know, another organization dedicated to world peace. I feel like that was definitely an advantage. And so I was always kind of coming back to democracy and, you know, like how, you know, I, I could see, I struggled a little bit seeing some people not getting what they needed. Um, and um, I became more politically active by becoming an advocate for gifted education. Um, I was uh, in the, my local school organization and, and then got involved in the state organization. And I remember this young mother coming to me and saying that her daughter um, was in kindergarten she had a very bright daughter, kindergarten or first grade. I think maybe it was when she was in first grade. And her daughter came home and said, if they want me to act dumb, I can do that, you okay. know? And and that was, yeah. that became really powerful to me. You know, it's like, well, these children who are really bright, they can use their brilliance to make our society better, but... or they can use their brilliance to take things in the wrong direction. And so I think that led to a lot of my political activity. I mean, that's that's a huge, uh, I think, um, dynamics in terms of like really you having a breakthrough as well as you having that beautiful exposure from your youth, and then like using that going forward. I mean, like today, that isn't very common, right? We have te- we have technology um, interferences with people's life. Um, there's 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 a decay of of civic engagement going going on. Um, then. Like I mean, like you being much older now, like lo- looking back at your parents in the sixties, was it necessarily a matter of like you wanting to inspire other people, other people to get engaged in politics? So not engaged, but like to improve their society, or um, or is today's democracy like what's what's your opinion in today's democracy and voting? And yeah, I think you know. I- I think so, you know, first I was advocating very heavily, like from 2000 to 2010 for gifted children. And then I realized um, that I was working within an organization that wasn't really impacting the government the way that to make more significant changes. And that was when I really got a lot more politically active. Um, I remember um, being asked to volunteer and going and canvassing for uh, for my congressman who was trying to get feedback from people about um, the health care, um, which which came to be known as Obamacare. But and I, you know, I remember canvassing and talking to people about their stories, um, uh, you know, about their feedback. And then I actually went to one of his fundraising events and I said, this is what people are saying to me at the door. <laughs> like, I wanted to make sure that he that he really knew. And and that particular congressman voted the way that people wanted him to vote and in 2010, and he was not reelected because part of his district was a district where a lot of, um, a big part of it was where they weren't, people didn't have as many issues with um, health care. And so it was sad to see him lose that opportunity to what, what year really was that by the way you mentioned obamacare was it like 2013 no nope, it was it was 2010 i remember it really distinctly and um he lost he did not get reelected in 2010 and um that was you know i don't that was my 
that was a year of a really stark awareness of the difference of, of what was happening. It was also the year that Citizens United passed. And I remember some of the more seasoned um, folks talking about um, Citizens United would make a big difference. What is Citizens United? Sorry for cutting you short. Like, I mean, like, what yeah. what is that and what sort of like societal improvement did it have in Arizona or in the community? Yeah, Citizens United was a case that was heard by the Supreme Court. And I'm not, may not get every single fact or detail right. I'm not going to go into the detail, but basically Citizens United was had something to do with um, businesses or, or corporations giving money to candidates. And, um, and essentially, I've heard it described as um, that was when the Supreme Court basically said a corporation is a person and gave corporations permission to give candidates as much money as they wanted um, in the long term, you know, and, and, and so again, that was 2010. Um, it had happened shortly before that. And since then, I certainly money has played a huge role in politics. So it didn't improve anything. It made a lot of things worse. I think candidates and elected officials are now um, more than ever, um, they're beholden to their big donors, which are a lot of times, you know, corporations or corporate leaders, but Citizens United opened the door that it could be corporations. And, and then also, I think that impacted lobbying, but I know lobbying has been around for a long time. And I know a little bit about how it affects. Um, but today, law. there's a lot of um, question marks into like the security of voting. I mean, it sounds like you really sort of, I mean, like um, follow the line here pretty well from having to um, really have that, that affection for your parents, your friends, as well as health care issues but going deeper into the whole voting and democracy um, um topic right um how does citizen united really like impact voting today or is that necessarily um not a factor to really um concern about or is technology really the biggest issue with voting is it the money or, te- or technology from your pers- perspective oh no it's absolutely technology it's and it's not just technology it is the laws i mean here in arizona they're trying to pass laws I mean, the majority of Arizonans have voted by mail, and there are there's a, a small radical faction that has accumulated a lot of power, and they want to do away with vote by mail. When the majority of Arizonans have voted for decades, voted by mail, um, and and it's very safe and secure, and they're and they're all of a sudden saying, oh, it's not, and we should stop doing that. That's I, I don't think it's. Um, I, I think that is very strongly influenced in the background by money. Can you prove that? Can I give you specific examples? No, but I but I think it is absolutely there. I think that some of our lawmakers at the state level here are very strongly influenced by money, um, either in the positive way, um, and then some are also in the negative way. They're they're told that if they don't vote a certain way, you know, by their party, then they um, um, then they will make sure that um, that a candidate has all the resources they need to run against them and make sure that they don't get reelected. And and that really comes down to to money in in too many cases. I firmly believe 
in people power. I mean, money power in politics is, as an organizer, I remember learning about people power, money power, and and the other third power was kind of like time, you know, and and campaigns are, um, there's always a limited time and, and a limited amount of all three resources. But a campaign that has um, a near unlimited source of money, you know, they can do a lot to deal with some of the other um, restrictions. And the problem is there's very few people that have access to that kind of money. And that kind of money um, ends up making um, making lawmakers um, more inclined to follow the requests of their big donors. Right, and right. I think democracy is is a is a form of representative government. And I I have I work very hard. I have, you know, for the last 10 years, I work very hard for a lot of candidates, um, oftentimes as a volunteer. And I've right. met and encouraged a lot of volunteers because if the people are electing our our lawmakers, then mm-hmm. our lawmakers are beholden to us, not to the right. And and like over the years, you have seen that sort of dwindle more, where it's not necessarily people um really um representing or people being um um engaged. So like, I mean, if you were a senator or a representative, um, how would you necessarily, or even the governor, how would you necessarily sort of um like inspire or or what what is the word like curate social improvement societal improvement by really would you try to like reduce technology involvement in voting and democracy or would you necessarily want to get more technology and less money involved in um in the democratic process i don't know what you're thinking about so help me out here yeah right right now we have to me the issues of voting is is far more around people than it is about technology and the and the problem the bigger problems are the some of the big problems in our society we don't need we don't need more money to make elections secure the 2020 election was one of the most secure elections we've ever had despite all of the information in the media all of the the continued ongoing talking points about fraud there is not there is so little fraud um, that has been found anywhere and it's really a shame because people don't know that because there are some very noisy um, things that happened here in Arizona there was this audit and for months and months it was they were they were finding all the fraud and they came back and the results was you know it was Donald Trump claimed that he was that there was a lot of fraud and he really won outright. And they months and months and millions of dollars were spent on this audit that that had already been performed multiple. There had been multiple audits by professional auditors and they found that, you know, that there was not a problem. So then this other group came in months, millions and what they came back with was, oh, well, Biden had, uh, you know, like a few hundred more votes than he did. There was there was no fraud. And yet many people in our society are afraid now that our elections aren't safe and that there is a lot of fraud. So but 
Um, I mean, sorry to cut you short, but like, it sounds like there's, a, I mean, like the norms created the whole like belief of disengagement in civics. Is that, that's kind of what I'm hearing from you here. There was a lot of noise and that noise generated a lot of su- 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 societal disengagement. But to really now go back deeper in, into the whole, um, so the whole like voting um, um, ballot, I think, or permanent early voting, how does that imply in terms of like, those who are not able to be transported to, uh, to the voting polls, is there an impact there or is that necessarily not a, not an issue or like what is necessarily your perspective or I'm not sure if you're a Democrat or not, but like what are, um, is your political parties um, really um, 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 take on really trying to like improve those issues societally? Yeah, well, I am a Democrat and um, but I think um Ever since I've been involved in politics, I have been more about getting people to vote, especially on, I believe that people power comes from the relationships that are built most locally. And, um, you know, I have always, um, I, uh, of course, I, I want more people to get elected and they do they do good things for good people. And part of the way that they do that is by outreach and conversations with people, not by, not by trying to analyze numbers or use technology to figure stuff out. It's, you know, I mean, we have campaigning, campaigning, like go on campaign. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but I think um, there was, you know, there has been our culture. I mean, look at for, I wasn't around, it wasn't my experience, but for many decades, um, there were, I mean, the movie stars are more, um, are more visible, but, you know, so Obama didn't support gay marriage when he came into office, but then, but then he did later on. And it was, and I think part of it is when we as a society can talk about the differences that we have, we find that we, um, we do agree on most things. What are the differences there uh, between what you're working on and and what the Republicans are working on? Well, um, I think um, that um, I, I like what I'm working on. I, I believe is protecting our democracy. I feel like when when everybody doesn't have a vote, um, let alone an equal vote. I mean, if that isn't happening, we don't really have a democracy. Um, The Republicans in Arizona or a Republican in Arizona submitted something into a bill that got passed a couple of weeks ago. And as soon as it got passed, um, and there were a lot of of, um, legislators on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats, um, as soon as it got passed, it got signed by Governor Ducey. And it got brought to my attention because it has something to do with precinct committeemen, which is the most locally elected official. And, and that's kind of where I got started, because again, I believe that we need to be talking to each other to help solve our problems. And I always saw precinct committeemen as playing an important role in that. They changed so this law that got signed was changed, uh, was changing the process 
for a precinct committee person and they didn't have to get signatures anymore and their names were to be submitted to the county party chair, um, the Republicans had different bylaws than the Democrats. And once they kind of looked at this a little bit more closely, they realized there were some pretty big problems because of the Republicans bylaws being different than the Democrats in what they were doing. And, and so now like Republicans and Democrats are trying to figure out how to, how to fix it. But, um, but I looked at it and I was like, whoa, if, if the, if names are being submitted to the county chair of each respective party and they were approving the ones um, that was like almost the opposite of democracy because within the political parties in Arizona, it's the precinct committee people who become state committee members and then they elect. Um, so the precinct elect the county leaders um, in some cases, or I, I don't know, there's probably a little bit of differences there, but, and then um, one third of the PCs become state committee members. So really the, go the, into, wait, 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 the, the county okay. party chair would by approving them would be selecting who's going to be voting for them in the next election. That's to me, the total opposite of democracy. So that was kind of scary. And, and so, um, but I think that that was, you know, it was some short-sighted maneuvering at the Capitol that had to do with, you know, logistics from redistricting, but, but to be that short-sighted and then to, to implement a law, have the governor sign it and implement it with an emergency clause, I, I think is, um, well, I, you know, part of me wants to say it's a difference in the parties, but it, but it's not. We, we need elected officials who really are thinking and considering things carefully before they vote for them. So, like, I mean, it sounds like today's politicians have a lot of, like, self-interest, which, I mean, which is, it's a very, I mean, politics is a very, um, quote-unquote, I'm not really sure about politics is because I'm not in politics, but, um, I just want to sort of like, um, like um, um, clarify exactly what the differences are between the Republicans and the Democrats when it comes to voting. I mean, like prior to uh, 2020 election, uh, there weren't any issues. I mean, like team, 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 team. Uh, That's team, not true. <laughs> no? Okay, then what am I missing here, please? Um, I just said well, there weren't any um, issues, but it's, there were some issues with um, with voting. What well, were what those I issues? What I mentioned earlier about money being in politics is, um, you know, when you have a lot of money, you can, you have access to a lot of what is called paid media, which is commercials um, and, and, and stuff like that. When you have um, people who, I mean, I, I'm sorry to pick on on Trump, but I mean, he, you know, he knew because of his previous work that saying and doing things that were outrageous meant that the that the news would talk about him. So they talked about him a lot and that didn't necessarily 
I mean, that made people hear his name a lot. And then there were some pretty brilliant, well-paid people that um, that promoted the kind of messaging. And but that was happening before Trump. There was there was messaging. There's framing. Like when you if you talk to a communication specialist, there's framing that 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 sets off emotional triggers so that people react. And 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 I'm I'm not you know, going to get into that a lot, but, but that there was stuff that was happening that was making people feel like there's no hope. They were apathetic. They were, they were not voting in 2000. Yeah. In 2010, there, there was a tremendous amount of turnout. President Obama was elected in, in 2008. And in 2010, the vote was like way down. And that was, (laughs) um, uh, by the Democrats and, yeah. and a lot of Republicans got out to vote. And so there's been this, this back and forth for a long time, but the back and forth has gotten, it has definitely gotten worse in the last 10 years. It's gotten, you know, it's gotten worse in, in more recent years. And, and that is, um, that is significant. And it's, and it's kind of made a, a number of people shy away, but what happened in 2020 where especially when, you know, as we look back and there's more investigations done um, and, and, and there have been a number of Republicans, there's a small group of Republicans that really want to retain power in this country. They are not, they do not think it's a good idea for everybody to vote. They do not think that it is. What is that? Like, um, I mean, like, don't Democrats have a similar, like, um, uh, I don't know, individuals in their own come circle or, or so like, let's yeah. sort of like, because like, I mean, uh, civic engagement really is an um, not an obligation, but it's really, is it an obligation? Like, I'm just trying to learn here, or is it a, a constitutional um, duty? Well, that- I will tell you one thing. So um, getting involved, as I said, really involved starting in 2010. The day after the 2016 election, when Trump won and Hillary didn't, um, there was a there was a huge outcry of, you know, and and I had I had one woman who came into the office the next day, and she said, "I, I I'm a teacher and I couldn't teach today. I, I was so upset and I was talking to my principal and he you know and he sent me home and I just feel like I have to do something." And I heard that kind of thing over and over again. People went, "I've taken I've taken our democracy for granted," and okay. and they and they started getting more involved civically, which I think is is great. I mean, I saw that happening in 2016. In 2017, there were some, there are some moneyed interests that want to privatize education, and they do so in the name of making education better. But if we if we don't have public education in our country, then then children get as good of an education as their parents can afford, which is not the kind of democracy that our forefathers and that all of us that many of us believe in. And, and what so, happens when? When I'm um, like, you know, like to really focus on education, but but the priority really goes in, goes into voting, right? I mean, like if children can go to private schools, is a private school required to teach um the civic engagement portion of history? Oh. Nope. No, nope. okay. private schools can they can teach religion. They you know they can teach they can teach pretty much 
whatever they want. They have very, very little in the way of regulations. And in Arizona, for example, we've had, you know, charter schools have been very popular, but um, charter schools have completely different um, regulations, uh, very, very different regulations than, than our public schools do. And, um, and that was one of the things that was happening. A lot of charter schools um, have, have taken advantage of the laws um, there was a time when I knew investors in Arizona knew that it was a really good investment to invest in a charter school because they had different ways of, of making a profit and taking advantage of the laws. There's a lot of things that, that people took for granted that our, our lawmakers were doing that weren't really happening all across the country. And, and so I think that people really woke up. 2020 was not... Um, you know, was not this big sharp turn. 2020 was a was this perhaps more like this intersection between people understanding we're either going to have a democracy um, or we're not. You know, we're going to have um, corporations gain more power and 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 a small number of people have more power and make the decisions, or we're going to come back to a democracy where we all have a voice. Um, really, now like boiling down into like, um, Allison, really like, what is? Are you optimistic that like things are gonna? Because you really describe an an, an intersection, right? Uh, you describe 2020 as an intersection. Um, is that intersection going to be where? everybody like filter out um, the errors that were existing in your perspective or is that intersection going to be where people decide that okay it's best for us to really now um, just take a break and really acknowledge the issues that exist in our um, democratic system before going forward what's what's your take and um, what's your take on that and and what role does voting have to play in that well, um, as as I've tried to say, I, I feel very strongly that the, the, it, for our democracy to survive and to really be a healthy democracy, um, people that have the right to vote um, need to be able to vote, and they need to. Um, um, I'm sorry, I just kind of lost my train of thought for a second here. People. People need to have the right to vote and elect people that represent them. Some of the best Democrats I've met, um, I feel like they represent all of the people down at the Capitol. There is a small radical faction, a, a group that is more radical. And I think that came to light, um, for example, in the 2020 election. There were people um, who stood up against, which was very unusual in American history, stood up against um, Trump and, and kind of the direction that our government was, was moving in. And, um, and, but there was also people that stood up and, and they said, yeah, we want, and, and because they were being promised that things would get better, that's, they, you know, they wanted to, to reelect Trump, but there was, you know, and everybody has different perspectives, but I don't think that um, if you look at what happened with the, the COVID um, um, pandemic, the there were a number of things that, that 
don't didn't seem to have been done based on consensus, um, based on you know looking at history, learning from things that had happened in the past, and um, and I think it's a shame that so many people died, um, and and you know that was really really hard for uh, a lot of of us um, to to take and. I think whatever government we have, I wanted to have, I want, I would like to see a humanity-based government. And I believe that this voters' rights initiative is, is part of us turning the corner. The fact that we went against um, as, as a country, we went against the trend of having the president um, reelected um, because, and, and all of these people protesting, I think, I think in some ways it's good. We have to talk about these things. Okay. We have to talk about the the messaging, the framing that has been out there for years that government is bad. One sort of um, input here to really add before we close off, right? You have yeah. really talked about a, a lot of really like cool, um, cool activities that you have done. But one also important thing is that you mentioned how Trump had a lot of publicity, but like how, what what does literacy have to do with all of this, right? Like, I mean, if if we have a population that um literacy is really um a big problem, wouldn't that just really hinder voting and democracy more? So, like, just a quick um 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 analysis to really know as to like what role does literacy have to do in terms of all these um um voting issues, democracy in peril, or is literacy or is um improving literacy one of the first steps in terms of really getting um civic engagement back on track? Well, I don't think that civic engagement, really healthy civic engagement happens without literacy. And I do think that um, we've spent a number of decades moving away from literacy in this country. And that is part of why um, there's a number of people that when they're told their their lives are going to be made better if you vote for me, um, they're, they're not, if they're not if if literacy hasn't played a big part in their life, then then they may not be understanding the things that have happened before. They may not be, um, you know, really um, exploring and researching some of the things that are happening now. If they get their news and information from one source that is one or two sources that are that are extremely biased, then that's a problem. And literacy is is so valuable in terms of people being able to to get more information and and understand. You know, literacy is is one of the ways that we can explore um, other cultures and other people. And if we don't have empathy for each other as human beings, I don't, I, it's really hard to have a good, healthy democracy. And, right. and we've seen that kind of thing play out in different governments around the world. Right. I mean, it just sounds like there's a lot of, I think, turning gears in behind the scenes and advocates like yourself that are um, passionate as well as committed to improving our society as Think there should be some sort of like holiday for you guys or something like that <laughs> advocate day yeah but, well um, i think yeah i think literacy improves every single one of us as human yeah. beings but i mean and not to just wrap it up allison um final final question question here like i mean um do you do you think um arizona is in the right direction i mean i, I mean i mean like 
problems happen, adversities happen, would you say those were the right adversities to happen to create um, a positive change in our com community? Or would you say that we shouldn't really have any adversities? Um, what's your take on that? Well, even before I got as involved in politics, when I was advocating for gifted students, um, adversities um, do tend to create more awareness and um, um, and and caring to the point of really taking action um, with our fellow fellow community members. So, I mean, adversity um, is generally advantageous. The the um, in the bottom line in the end is. Um, can we unite as human beings and respond to this adversity? Um, or are we going to, you know, what things are we going to let get in the way? And um, I think for the most part, human beings are breaking down the walls um, that, that separate us. And, and that's very challenging, you know, in Arizona, in our country and, and around the world. Yeah, and right. so... I think adversity, if we come together and we talk about our different experiences and we can, we can bring our intelligence and our creativity and our compassion to solving problems, um, I, I think, yeah, that's, that's what puts us in the right direction. That's, that's what, yeah, that's why I'm fighting, fighting so hard for this voting rights. It's not, it's not about one party or the I other. I think there should be like um, a breakfast session between Republicans and Democrats to just have breakfast with each other and talk about this voting right and democracy. Because, I mean, like, Republicans can, they can tell me the same thing that they are fighting hard, they are trying to improve their society. Um, you are telling me the same thing. So the question really goes down back to um, how can people get in contact with you and how can they really support your cause? Um, I just want I just want to say one thing. I've been saying to, there's a lot of really wonderful Republicans um, and I am, I am not, I, I, you know, I happen to believe more strongly in some of the Democratic values, but there's a lot of Republicans with really good values. But I think the Republican Party has been taken over by a small group and and that more and more Republicans are, are leaving that because they realize this this isn't um, the Republican Party that I've known for years. And, you know, they're becoming independents or, or whatever. So. If there's also problems in our country with a two-party system. But anyway, I'm sorry. I, what was the question? What did you well, want me to say? Well, I mean, oh, like, really kind of of like, I mean um, I'm just saying yes. that there should, there should be a Republican-Democrat breakfast session. But that, that oh, yeah. only happens when people are able to, to get in contact with you and try to see how they can um, maybe... May yeah. This, well, this. I, I started an organization called um, Neighbors Forward AZ, um, a lot of my political work, I've, I have not put my full effort into it yet, um, but I, I really would like to, moving forward, I would like to do a lot more community outreach um, in every single community. Um, there's, there's a lot of people 
um, doing different things. And it doesn't matter, you know, what party or anything. It, it matters, you know, how we come together as human beings. So Neighbors Forward AZ was um, started with a, a mission. Our core statement is um, to connect individuals and organizations who are working to improve their community. And I'm looking forward to doing, you know, projects and and how can people get in contact? People. Is there an email or is there like a, a phone number that we can try yeah. people to get in contact? Our website, our website is not set up, but but email, my email address is Allison, it's one L, A-L-I-S-O-N, at neighborsforwardaz.org. And that's the best way to get a hold of me. Well, maybe Spider-Man can join to us while he likes to be in the neighborhood. Um, <laughs> but yeah, sounds good. What? Sorry. Would you say that again? No, no. Maybe Spider. Um, um, like Spider-Man can can join because you know Spider-Man neighborhood. Um, but <laughs> 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 your friendly Spider-Man will show up. Um, but I'm a big fan of Spider-Man. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> um, well, Alison, thank you for coming yeah. on with the future conversations. Um, it's been wonderful hearing your perspective on on really the societal issues. Um, that is going on here um, in democracy and voting. Um, I mean, uh, problems are good, right? Because they come with solutions, but I think we are all in this together. And thank you, Alison, thank you. Thank Any you. Any final, thank final you thoughts? So you know, I just was thinking about one thing. Um, my parents, it wasn't until I started organizing that I realized more um, the difference that my parents had on me. It, doesn't, I mean, what they were doing, you know, like made a, a difference for me. I encourage everybody, you know, find, find a mentor, find somebody that you, that you respect and, and talk to them and, and work together on good projects. I think I have so much hope for humanity. I, I believe that we will get through this difficult time and we can find mentor and nurse of all different kinds all the time. So let's all continue moving forward. Perfect. Thank you. Listen, thank you a lot. Read the Future Conversations is providing this podcast for educational purposes only. Read the Future is a nonpartisan, not for profit. It neither takes any position on any political issue nor endorses any candidates, political parties, or public policy proposals. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by Read the Future. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by Read the Future employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of Read the Future or any of its officials. Mm-hmm.